And so uh, we are live. And I don't have uh, the, dis the the Twitch open. But hello, and welcome to a, another episode of Loose Cannon. Uh, <laughs> we are back again, talking more about Mika. Uh, this time we're, we're talking about Mika, as well as the potential of Mika being Mika 10, and her involvement, which is much easier to say now, because Mika 10 is absolutely her, in, in <laughs> her involvement with the six coyotes. Yeah, Six Coyotes is an old one. I mean, it's like an additional 10 pages of lore. So, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it is all over the place. Because, because so, uh, for those who are newer to Destiny, you might not notice, um, Six Coyotes originally... What was the original uh, tagline? Do you remember? Because they were just on a cloak. Yeah. Oh, I can't even. I can't even find it. Uh, you'd think I would have that already. No one. No one. Legend of Six Coyotes. A cloak fashioned after the legendary hunters who first scouted beyond the Cosmodrome Wall. Which is kind of not at all fucking true. <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm well, it was actually Micah. Um I mean, we'll we'll get into it. But Micah was the one that kind of called them all together, or Mika, Micah, whatever, uh, is the one that that called them all together, which is interesting. And you know, it was it was just a group of a group of guardians trying to keep a town safe. And I guess somehow first scouted beyond the Cosmodrome Wall. But that just because I I literally just reread through this stuff that that immediately seems false. Like that would so. Since we're not talking about the Iron Lords, the Iron Lords scouted beyond the, the Cosmodrome wall to find the Siva Replication Chamber. When did they do that? Okay, you're saying like the other side? <laughs> we were the first to scout beyond the Cosmodrome wall. We've been there for years. No, no, the other, the other side. No one's been over there. That's why you never saw us. We were there first, though. We promised. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, people can't hear you on stream. Oh, what the fuck? What happened? 
Is it? Oh my god, it's doing this every week. Um. Okay, can you talk for me again? No, it's not working. I'm sorry for anyone um listening, listening or watching because this is all from the same thing. Uh, it is not picking you up. How about now? Mm. There we go. How about now? Oh my god, there That's it is. So frustrating. I, I like literally before happening? we started too. I looked at it and I was like, okay, he's good. And maybe I was looking at my own. Maybe I wasn't even looking at the right <laughs> input. Yeah. Okay, so I'm here now. Yeah, you're here now. Okay. Good thing we caught that but at I the was... beginning. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, because I just I have no idea how to pronounce your name because it looks like it says Griffin, but I think it has a T at the start. <laughs> Sorry, man. <A> Griffin. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that. No one no one missed anything. It was just, just opening banter anyway. Um Yeah. Where were we? Oh, we were talking about the Cosmodrome wall. Maybe it was a different wall. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when people used to think that the Cosmodrome wall was the, the wall of the last city? Yeah, all the time. That's all everyone ever said. I mean, you have two big walls. I guess that's what people are going to think, right? Well, people, yeah, because you... Uh, because back in D1, you automatically assumed that the tower was somewhere near the Cosmodrome or in the Cosmodrome or something like that. But then as we learned later on, nobody knew where the hell the tower was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll save it for like when we actually start to get into this. Um, th- these entries actually kind of uh, give us a direction of where the tower is, which I think is really interesting. But uh, yeah, I saw that. So, so now that you're here. Uh, why don't now that you're actually here, why don't we kick off the uh, lore card of the week and then we'll get into the entries? Oh yeah, okay. So so as everyone knows, we had Bungie Day last week, which is really kind of about the community, but we celebrate all the things Bungie and how they, um, you know, pull the community together, stuff like that. But I wanted to do a callback to um, an old Bungie lore card. And so I, I just kind of did it on Wednesday, which is the day before normal lore cards. And it was the Mita multi-tool, uh, which everybody knows Mita multi-tool. Uh, but there's, you know, in D1, we got Mita multi-tool, but we also got Mita mini-tool. And we got some lore that uh, fleshed out Mita multi-tool. Back in the day, Mita multi-tool... It was kind of like this, we don't know what it was, weapon. We just knew that Mida was a name they gave it. We didn't know why it was a name they gave it. But people like me and a few others speculated that it came from early uh, Bungie games. And it did, in fact. Uh, When D2 came out, they gave us a lore entry that kind of confirmed that. Did you actually speculate that? That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I even put it on like Bungie Net somewhere and then deleted it just because I was like, oh, man, people are going to flame me because there's no concrete evidence or something. But yeah, that's awesome. I, know, I, that, I never I never had any uh, inclination that it had anything to do with because uh, it was from Marathon, right? Yeah, Marathon. Uh, I had no inclination until Destiny 2 when it came out and it was basically like, hey, it's from Marathon. <laughs> 
Right, right. Well, you know, you quickly learn that on social media, it's sometimes it's easier to pick your battles about what you're going to try to assert (laughs) as far as your knowledge goes, because people love to argue, right? (laughs) So rather than just get into it, we just wait. We just patiently wait here knowing things until they're confirmed later. So MIDA multi-tool, MIDA stands for Martian Interplanetary Defense Alliance. Sounds like a Beastie Boys song. Um, So MIDA is the name of a political faction in a game Bungie created years ago called Marathon. Um, It's found via a terminal called, uh, it's a level that's called the Rose. (laughs) You heard that before, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And the lore entry hints at the weapon's alternate alternate timeline jumping history. And so that's in D2. So in D2, in the lore entry of Maida, uh, Shax is, you know, basically, he, he's talking about some stuff that he found. And, you know, Zavala first is like trying to ban weapons from the Crucible. And so Shax has a red jack and uh, he, lo- he unlocks some Maida weapon log, right? And so... It talks about Maida, uh, and this is where it's interesting. It says, the rifle was designed by a primitive AI and manufactured for use by a revolutionary government, in quotes, named Maida. And then he's, you know, he doesn't know what it stands for. So he says, Mars is damnedly arid, perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it says, guerrilla war suits these versatile weapons, but Rahul insists his records never hinted at a rebel group named Maida. According to the rifle's cached messages, Maida's brief reign killed a full 10% of the Martian people, which that happened in Marathon. Like, they explicitly said (laughs) a full 10% of uh, people on Mars were destroyed. Uh, And then he says, I gave Lakshmi the weapon for her take. She insinuates that it came from another timeline, perhaps through a golden age experiments. That means it's outside your jurisdiction to ban. <laughs> Everyone so wanted that's, to ban though, back in D2 at launch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, D1 also, I mean, it was just a killer when they, when they finally nerfed hand cannons and Suros regime and uh, thorn, uh, everybody used Mida constantly. Hmm. Um, and then, so the cool thing about it is, uh, if you're familiar with marathon or if you're not familiar with marathon, you're just familiar with Bungie, uh, they love to put Easter eggs in all of their games. And so I just wanted to say that it's funny, the parallel that they bring Lakshmi into this lore somewhat to show that she was the one that realized it was a timeline jumping weapon. (laughs) Mm-hmm. basically and so in in marathon the game uh mida briefly seized control of mars before defeating the ueg and uh they later evolved into a terrorist organization uh this bit of lore was revealed on a level titled the rose uh, and within this level there's a terminal that shares their story so you learn about mida in marathon by accident accessing a terminal and they used to do that a lot in 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 a halo also so you would t- you would access these terminals and they would give you lore about 
stuff that happened, you know, outside of what's going on in the game. But it, it's funny and, and mirrors a little bit of what's going on with FWC currently and how Lakshmi with the future war cult uh, being the ones that kind of un- unlock the history of Maida, who, you know, was a part of the, the UEG and UEG is also in Halo. And so it's just funny because they love to tie back to their previous games. And it's almost like they're all kind of bridging uh, together some sort of like alternate universe and this ability for lore and weapons to kind of share our universe from other games, if you will. If you consider all their other games alternate timelines or universes. Yeah, that's that's actually uh, kind of my stance on Destiny. I remember back in Destiny 1, people were saying that uh, Destiny existed in the Marathon universe. And yeah. not knowing much about Marathon, I did like light research into it. And I saw some of the parallels that people were, were drawing and the big the big takeaway I, I came with was that Destiny isn't in the Marathon universe. It's a spiritual successor to Marathon, where uh, Marathon was pathways out of darkness, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a or good way into of darkness. It. And Destiny is pathways out of darkness. One one is in and one is out of, and uh, it's kind of like we're playing the opposite side instead of marathon being going against the the guardians we are the guardians in in a sense from what i remember it's been years since i've actually right. read about it no, so i can just absolutely that. well um what's funny in the mida uh like the weapon description you know if you're familiar with mida's um you know little flavor text mm-hmm. they talk about uh, they say things like you know, uh, it, it can be used for all these different uh, ways, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we all know it has a compass on it that we don't know where the hell it's leading us. It, it points to it points to to uh, caches. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one? Everyone said, "Yeah, that. the troll." Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because even in um, the description of the, the 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 lore for or the flavor text, it talks about. Like it can be an entrenching tool for Mida Mini tool, and then it talks about how it's an, um, a troll, which could be construed as either you're a troll, like leet speak for internet people uh, call each other trolls for trolling each Do other, they? which is what Bun- yeah, which is what Bungie is basically doing here. They're trolling us with this weapon, uh, but it's also it's also a word used in avionics for trolling. Uh, your your plane, which is like how to slow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, it goes on to say it's a troll smasher device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can smash your trolls. Um, it's also a stellar sextant, which allows you to um, basically measure positions of the stars, but it has a compass that you don't know where the hell it's pointing. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then but, the mini um, tool continues yeah. that, that trend. Yeah, and then the mini tool kind of spreads on more about all of these uh, things that it can do. Uh, on what was funny about the mini tools lore, and I don't think a lot of people got it originally, but um, it, it talks about um, how, and this is where it got serious. You know, they love to mix serious with the funny, but this is where it got kind of serious. So it tells a story about how this, um, you know, this this guardian or person is is um, uh, a Mida survivor on Mars. And it says that the gun detected teleports yesterday 
and I had to move camp. Cannot shake the fear that they will send battle roids. Even this AI Marvel couldn't save me. And battle roids is another bungee thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, or the person says, shot the ice this morning. The gun fired a thermal round and then a pellet of water purifier <laughs> came out pure and sweet. <laughs> Marvelous. I've been reading the gun's Encyclopedia Arcana, all about the crash that became Strauss's obsession and hope, which is another bungee thing. <laughs> uh, it says, in quotes, metastability in the salvaged construct. Ah, let's hope our ideals can uh, pass through the through grief, fury, and envy into a new freedom elsewhere. So it's almost kind of like talking about what happened in Marathon and how destiny is like their freedom away from the constrictions that they had with like Halo and making that game. It's almost like mm-hmm. the writers were like, we're finally free of our contract. <laughs> Yeah, we can do whatever we really want, you know. Even make a gun this size a uh, personal flotation device, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that was another one. Yeah, and then uh, it, at the end it says, "I wonder if the gun heard me when I asked to go somewhere better. Wonder why it led me here. Gonna follow its compass tonight, down below." <laughs> I wonder if now people would. It would be funny if there was like a way for for Mighty Mini Tool to like if it officially got sunset and they're like this gun is never to be used again sunset if they yeah. were just like flare water purifier uh like a page of a art of the encyclopedia arcana personal flotation device and like a, a boat erupts you know like if it just shot bullshit out of it instead of actual bullets. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, that like, this so is funny. not meant to be taken seriously. This is this is a meme gun. Yeah, it totally is a meme gun. Um but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Which is ridiculous. I don't know. I I mean they're just obviously having fun with it. I mean where there's tons of Easter eggs out there, but um but, you know, in, in all seriousness, if you kind of like tie it in, because they have lore for it. So you have mm-hmm. to tie it in the game somewhere, right? So you yeah. kind of have to say, well, where does this exist within the story of lore? So you just kind of have to throw it out there as like, well, it's an alternate timeline. Yeah. Anything can happen somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's also important to, to understand, like when they do put an Easter egg in it in the game, you can't take it too seriously like yeah you know because there is that easter egg that people uh attributed to master chief back in destiny one where yeah ghost yeah we find that guy in the cryopod and he's talking about he fought enough wars or whatever and it's it's like yeah so that's probably a master chief easter egg and people are like oh but that means it's the same universe or that our ghost could have actually revived him or anything like that. It's yeah. like, our ghost didn't revive him. They just turned off the crying sleep for a minute. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like I'm going back. To well, sleep. what's funny is that opened the door to a lot of uh, theorists out there to say, well, the guy in the cryopod isn't technically master chief. It's technically the protagonist from all of their games because they mm-hmm. always use the solo protagonist uh, from all their games. Like in marathon, you had, you know, marathon man, and then yeah. in Halo, you had, you know, Master Chief. And even uh, now, which, we are the Guardian. There's not several yeah. <laughs> the Guardians. There's only canonically yeah. one the Guardian. One Guardian, technically, yeah. 
your guardian. Yeah. You're just and all you're, the guardian. Yeah. And you're the Ahamkara. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <sighs> so let's get into this uh this lore now. So last week, uh if you missed it, uh just to kind of quickly uh, rehash what we said last week. We have the the uh, your friend Mika Ab- Micah Abrams. Uh, he's writing letters to the trap, or she he they uh, are writing lever- letters to the traveler, talking about their experience on Europa. They have two fathers there, uh, Hector Abram, and the other one has not actually been named. And uh, one worked with Clovis as uh, like an exo engineer whatever and the other was a psychiatrist who was diagnosing the uh, psychological issues of the exos effectively hector the psychologist uh, psychiatrist uh eventually became an exo it seems and uh micah went off to find them and escape from europa they just like went out onto europa they're just like a 12 year old child and seemingly also became an exo because we have an exo named micah 10 who has memories that micah abrams had so uh we kind of left it there we didn't we didn't get too far into the micah 10 stuff uh on the last episode so we're we're gonna do that we're gonna do that now um excuse me uh i don't remember where we left off though because I think I think we I think we left off with Hector realizing uh, just what fucked up shit Clovis was actually doing. So you you look in you look in Icefall Mantle, uh, for example, and uh, so in Icefall Mantle, it's it has an event that likely took place before the flight in Entry Eight, where uh, Dad Hector Abram and uh finds out exactly what clovis is up to after hearing the trauma stories from the exos and so in this entry uh you see you have uh dr hector abram blasts into the observation theater towering with frustrated rage but the workstations sit empty the theater dark no audience for his planned tirade presents itself he turns it instead to the stage beyond the transparent shielding and feels himself grow smaller with the enormity of the drama unfolding before him the apparatus of the lab holds a test subject in a harness, no velvet glove, just raw metals woven round a form of simple, similar complexity. The exo's body dangles and twitches, the puppeteer's presence sensed but unseen. The foreign energy courses down again through cords, the third surge and the strongest yet, making the puppet quiver and dance. Dr. Abram raises a hand to his mouth, which seems to climb to his eyes of its own accord. Through splayed fingers, he witnesses the triumph of the puppeteer as ice takes shape around the puppet like magic. You see now why this was necessary. Dr. Abram jumps and turns at Clovis Bray's words. He had not seen him sitting comfortably in the darkness. And then basically, he tried to uh, formally request evacuation uh, in a heavily redacted letter. And... uh, then he's he just kind of goes back to work after like requesting evacuation he just goes back to work in the Mika Abram book and uh is just not being seen by uh Mika for some reason so it's in theory 
he was forcibly uh, uploaded into an EXO, so he'd be more subservient. Yeah, kind of like, um, you know, you're going to do what I want to do because you know too much. Yeah, and I mean, that's exactly what, I mean, Clovis already has done that. He did that with Elsie. When she learned too much, he killed her, re-uploaded her without that memory. <laughs> right. That's insane, man. I mean, this guy is just cold. Yeah. And Col- so Clovis is just, just maniacal. Yeah. And so like the, the purpose of, uh, of that and this, the, these next couple uh bits are just to, to show that not everyone who became an EXO was always an EXO from the stance of when the Mika Abram, uh, your friend Mika Abram's book took place. So, right. Uh, we we also have an entry from Legacy Lament called Recovered Memory Hector Six Hector Hector Abram. Maybe it's a coincidence, maybe not. I don't think it is, and I think I'll I'll, I'll prove that. Uh, June third, nine thirty four p.m. Can't believe we're back at Eventide. The place is in ruins. Sad to see it this way, but I need to get off Europa. Rumor is Doctor Bray is going to blow up the whole place. Just kind of cutting out of the important stuff. So you refuse to acknowledge your god, so be it, the AI says. What does that mean? There's a huge explosion, and then the entry reads, Systems Offline, which implies that Hector Six died at this instant, where the Clovis AI destroyed the ship that was trying to evacuate from Europa. Right. And uh, actually, today, I found... I. I found this. I, I, we all experienced it. I'm sure when we got the legacy lament, but I, I never realized just how crucial this was until reading it again today. So in the lost lament quest, you have to locate dead exos. One of which you find is Hector six. And yeah. when you find him, they play an audio log, which uh, basically just talks about who he was as an exo, as the exo Hector six. And he, when he, he talks about taking notes with Wesley too, who suffers from massive depressive disorder without psychotic features for now. Anyway, as an aside, uh, Wesley correctly pointed Uh, out the redundancy. It's like Hector's doing what Hector, Hector six is doing what Hector Abrams always did. And so like, they're, they're the same person. He's still taking notes, being a psychiatrist for these exos, despite also being an exo. So it, it kind of makes sense that Clovis would have killed Hector and then uploaded him and say, there was a tragic accident. We saved your life by putting you in an exo. <laughs> and Hector just has to be like, yeah, that's what happened. And I don't then, have memory. And then he just becomes a subservient freaking yeah. psychologist in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and says, but the ritual is a comforting one for myself, if not anyone else. Just like, oh, even though man. everything they do is recorded, writing it down is just comforting to him because that's what he always used to do. Wow. So all that probably happened. Uh, well, not the recovered memory, but the the past memory of Hector Six. Uh, yeah. Probably happened during the time of the Mika Abram War book, like before Letter Nine, when. When Mika's like, I'm leaving, I'm going to go find my dad, and we're going to get off this planet type of deal. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Like, that happened, yeah, yeah. and that's like, you know, oh, God, where's my dad? And then, 
this is where he's been. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to put things in order chronologically as best I can, but it, it felt important for this story to be told in this way, where it's like the flashback reveal where it's like, Oh my God, he's been an exo this whole time. And then he died on Europa trying to help Elsie. But Mika is kind of left with a cliffhanger where they just go out into the snow and it's like, how could they have survived that? They're a 12 year old kid. There's no chance for them. Right. Right. I mean, like they had a suit, but still. It's nice to have a perspective that's through a child's eyes mm. uh, in game. I mean, we have a couple other ones, but this one is truly like you're in you're in the seat of this character who is a child, yeah, having these experiences, and you can see the innocence and how, just how. I mean, anyone else, you know. I mean, a lot is hidden from a kid as they're growing. So a mm -hmm. lot of the things that they see happening aren't, they don't always make sense to them. So they're just kind of trying to figure it out as they go, but they're using what they know, which is not much because they haven't been alive for very long. Right. You know, mm -hmm. so, so, uh, you know, it, it's just seeing things through the child's eyes really kind of neat because it filters out of a lot of the complexity of the lore and how we get hung up into motivations and, and how we get hung up in, uh, like, what is the point of this story? Stuff like that. So removing all of that and having a child show you the perspective really kind of just narrows your mindset to like, this is happening. This is exactly what happened with Clovis. This was not, you know, a good thing. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of collateral damage from from what he did. Clovis, you know, what Clovis did. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, anyone else, you know, had had he... Had Mike had come to the realization that this had happened while he was, you know, still a child, I mean, that would be pretty scarring, right? Hmm. So we know he, we know his dad's missing. We know he's going to go find his dad, and then it kind of goes blank, right? And then we have, you know, yeah. old lore. <laughs> and then it basically stops right there with with Micah, and we the the next earliest thing seems to be this one I'm I'm kind of confused about whether Legacy Oath Greaves comes before or after Protector of Ghosts uh -huh. because and so this is kind of what I was talking about before uh in Legacy Oath Greaves Micah 10 roams the rolling hills of old Russia as she has done for many years now as she may do for many more years a, a, a pack of ghosts trail behind her their little blue eyes blinking over the landscape Micah has helped many ghosts find their search blah blah blah, blah. But so she's in old Russia. She's in the Cosmodrome area, but in Protector of Ghosts, she mentions heading to the Cosmodrome, but on, with only one ghost. So it's like like one mm. ghost in her pack. So it's like, yeah, did, was she there? And then she was she this like back and forth, or you know? And no matter what, this is, uh, I believe at least, this is all before the six coyotes. So for it to be before the six coyotes here, you have Micah exploring the, uh, the Cosmodrome, which apparently was not done. Yeah. It was unfinished or not like a thing. Yeah. In any case though, 
uh, set us to go in the order that I, I put it. So Legacy Oath Greaves, uh, they're they're the uh, leg armor from the raid. Uh, Micah is looking for the Deepstone Crypt, and so she was looking. She thought it was hidden on Earth, buried underneath the snowdrifts of Siberia, but now she suspects it's further out in a much darker, lonelier place, somewhere very cold that she knows for certain. That she knows for certain, and so it's like. Even though she's a guardian now, even though all her memories were wiped away, we know that Exos have this like weird because their memories are still in there, fragmented in there. They can't be fully erased and the light kind of messes with them, you know, so Exos yeah. are the only ones that have any chance of actually remembering their past, which is a really interesting thing to be. Which is what led to the Thanatonauts. Yeah. I wonder if Exos were like more commonly uh, uh, <laughs> Thanatonauts. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like alluded to in the lore. Like the Thanatonauts were primarily Exos, um, and they learned they learned how to be Thanatonauts. Um, you say speculate like from the Crucible. Yeah, because because Ikora used to practice uh, Thanatonautics, right? Like there's a yeah, there was yeah. an entry where she did yeah. as well. And I mean she's human, but she still tried. Yeah. And so I mean that she got that from Osiris. He dabbled in it too. Oh yeah. And uh and and our our buddy out there in, you know, the freaking uh what's his name? Um Toland. Toland, you said? Yeah, Toland. Ah, okay. Toland had some uh anodonotic history. Yeah, he's I pronounce it Thanatonauts. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people say Thanatonauts. Yeah, but I say Thanatonauts. Yeah, that's what I said. You say it like Blue says it. I I call it Thanatonauts because it's Thanatos. Yeah. So Thanatonauts. Yeah. Thanatonauts. Yeah. See, now you got me all fucked up. That's all right. There's a book. <laughs> there's a book, and it's a French book, and it's uh, written by Bernard Weber, and it's amazing. Uh, there's an English translation to it, and it's where the word Thanatonauts. Thanatonauts comes from, and the book really? is called Thanatonaut. Yeah, huh. and um, I read it years ago, back when D one was a thing. When I was trying to figure out what the heck's a Thanatonaut, so uh-huh. Bernard Bernard wrote this amazing book, and it's all in French. And it took years before I could find an English translation, and then I found it, and I just read the whole thing. But the coolest thing about the book is, as you're going through the beginning of the book, it's written almost like a bunch of destiny flavor texts every chapter starts with like this weird ominous text that kind of talks about some weird encyclopedic knowledge of of something that just will yeah that will just relate to the chapter later that's crazy (laughs) i know and uh uh just a real quick synopsis the not the book um the thanatonauts is about um, this person, this kid who has a near death experience and he basically sees what's on the other side of death. And, uh, they later, they later call it the, um, continent. Uh, they call it new Australia, which is where you go when you die basically. And it's this long series of events in order for you to get to the final destination and so they start exploring, and the only way to explore is to to die. See, that's crazy. so they have to die for they have to die for a little while. They have to die for a little while, and then they keep going under 
trying to get there closer. Just like uh, what was the movie Flatliners? Never heard of it. Oh, you never heard of it? Okay, so they remade it, but Flatliners was basically you die and then you're you're dead for like a minute, and you're trying to explore what's on the other side through death. I mean, my sister, my, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound bad. But it, it's it is exactly in that sense. My sister died when I was a kid for like thirty seconds or something. She, all right. I might, you know, I might have dreamed that. I now that I'm saying it out loud, I think I might have dreamed it. But I have this memory of my sister coming home with different hair because she had to wear a wig because she had cancer, and I don't think that happened. Now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> you know, goddamn. I just have like thoughts in my head and I'm like, yeah, that happened when I was like nine years old. But when I actually voice it, I'm like, no, I fucking didn't. There's no way. No. Hey dude, don't, don't feel, don't feel bad, man. I, I, I still to this day cannot verify that I had a friend in uh, Montessori school and he might've just been made up the whole time I was there. No, seriously. Cause (laughs) I'm uh, extra. I'm extra messed up because my sis, the sister, one of the sisters, uh, the sister I'm talking about, was really big into. Um, I'm gonna say urban exploration, uh-huh. not <laughs> to say it politely. And you know, my mother worked a lot to take care of all four of us, uh, sure. single mom, and so they had to watch me a lot. And they were like ten years older than I was, so a lot of my memories are of places that I'm like, that can't be real. I didn't do that. Like I didn't, I didn't go into this abandoned mansion with my sister and see ghosts, but I grew up in a, in a haunted house. You know, we had, we had uh ghost people come multiple times, v- various experiences. My sister getting choked in her sleep and stuff. A lot of, a lot of messed up stuff. But you know, when you, when you're, when your house is on a graveyard, that's kind of what happens. And that's, <laughs> that's not a joke. Amityville horror. You lived in the house. Of I mean, Connecticut is apparently one of the most haunted states in in America, and I'm not surprised by that. From my my personal experiences, what I, what I have experienced in that house, like I don't know what the hell it was, but I don't like. It's just about ghost it. fragments, dude. It's just ghost fragments. Yeah. <laughs> you were accessing latent ghost fragment memories. It was just. It was just. It was just terrifying. My room connected to the attic, which faced out to the 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 uh, graveyard, which is apparently this is what ghost people told my family. Uh, ghosts will travel through windows, and nope. so when you have one window on one side of the house and another window on the other side of the house, the ghost will travel through the windows. Oh, right through the windows. Yeah, and so my sister slept with her head against the window in the room that became my room, and that's why she would have bad dreams. And one night she woke up getting choked because the ghost was like. Fuck you, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so that's what they told us. So she moved her bed after that experience. And so then she, she, I'll say she, she moved out. Uh, I took over the room when she was gone and I would walk into the room and the attic door would swing open when I opened my door and I'm like, "Mm -mm, I don't like that. And I wouldn't go in the room for the rest of the day. I would like fold the rug over and jam the door on it. Like you had to like put your shoulder in it to get yeah. that door open. And then I'd come home the next day and I'd open my door and it swings open. I'm like, Mm-mm, like nothing nope. wrong. 
I do I do not go in this room today. I do not like that. Yeah. But uh That's creepy. Yeah. Ghost stories. Ghost stories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh. So back to another instance of Micah 10 being Micah the Child. In this same entry here, uh, Legacy Oath Greaves, uh, she's dreamt it a thousand times, forgot th- thousands of battles on Golden Field beneath the Black Tower every 15th instance. In the midst of the chaos, an older man puts a paternal hand on her shoulder and says, you need to get acclimated. It's colder here than on Mars. Micah originally lived on Mars, moved to Europa with her father. Yep. Excuse me. Every hundredth time, she makes it to the tower and finds a different man sitting in an armchair writing in a notepad. Dreams are messages from the deep inside your mind. And he reminds her, until you figure out the message, the dream will repeat. Which is exactly what Hector told to young Micah about her dreams. And so this is funny because that whole thing you just read is basically what it kind of happens in that book I was telling you about, The Not Enough. Sometimes I think that the whole world is just building to destiny and it makes me scared. It genuinely (laughs) makes me scared that the Ahamkara are going to become real and they're going to rewrite reality. They're going to like grandfather paradox it. Right. So that everything leads to them becoming real. It's a stupid fear. I know, but it scares me. Well, it would be, it it would be good though. It would be good. Just, for like your own solist, what is the word? Sol- solistic, solipsistic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my Viewpoint. own. Uh, what the yeah. hell? What did they? What? Yeah, this is all for you yeah. in your own mind. Everything you experience revolved around your <laughs> soul experience in the world. Everything was they're, written for you. Yeah, they're solipsistic flatteries. Yeah, there you go. So like the the idea that you are you're the one you're the chosen one mm-hmm. right and, and actually so that's from Ghost Ghost Fragment Legends three and so it's talking about the Great Hunt and how how the Ahamkara were were killed off and so and thus the Ahamkara were made extinct their call silenced their solipsistic flatteries erased their great design if it ever existed broken. Of this, you can be assured, oh reader mine. Their goddamn great design is getting out of the game, and they're not broken. They're still fucking going for it. So yeah. my yeah. fears, my fears are not ridiculous. You're ridiculous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't man, trust dude. it, man. Uh, Just see so what someone's gonna. Someone is gonna wish hard enough that the Ahamkara are real. <laughs> And it's going to happen. It's had a check to make sure that this is not like, I don't uh, even know what the on car would appear as in front of me. Spider-Man or some shit. Yeah. Um, I don't want to break away from it, but it's kind of funny how <laughs> the, the, the worm gods that mm-hmm. were, yeah, responsible, like each, each, um, what do you call them? Um, each worm god was responsible for a, a kind of a specific story within the hive of like, okay, Oryx had his worm god, Knockers had his worm god, and then Savathun has her worm, worm god. Hmm. So if you That's think an interesting about way the, to, to put it. 
Well, if you think about their worm gods, um, what happened when Oryx messed with his worm god? He took the worm god and learned to take from it by basically taking the worm god. He he, he uh, filled the vacuum that Akka uh, filled. He filled yeah. the, the vacuum that Akka left. And through that was granted access directly to the deep. And then when he had direct access to the deep, he was, he learned how to take. Yeah. Creepy. And then, um, Nacris, you know, Zol, what did he do to Zol to learn necromancy? I thought Nacris already knew necromancy and then Zol approached him. That's, that's probably what happened. So Zol was, Zol was a part of that, but only because he had learned. Hmm. Because I know, I know Yule's the honest worm. Zol's the will of thousand. Akra, Akka is the worm of secrets. And then there is air. And. Er. Er. Aaron yeah. Er. Aaron Er. Either way. Anyway, <laughs> if you, okay. So Sabathin's worm is. Well, would be Yule, I'd imagine, if she were to have any worm. Exactly, which is the honest worm. Which is what she is not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they basically uh, oppose their worms in a way to learn their powers somewhat. I don't know. They use it some way that's <laughs> counter, counter to how their worms are perceived in game. Or, yeah. you know, Yule's just lying that he's a, that he's a trick. Uh, well, I mean, Yule was lying. That's what I'm saying. But it's described as the honest worm. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. The Ahankar are definitely out there. <laughs> okay. So we move on to the protector of ghosts and uh, just to try to keep get things back on track. In this entry, yeah. Mika finds Andal and sends him off to the city. The last straggler ghost left is Pup and they're confident they're, they've lost the ghost hunter Cyril in Australia. So Cyril, the ghost hunter is one of my favorite characters in destiny. And I really actually see him in game. They are uh, a guardian who was revived and immediately was like, how dare you revive me? I wanted to be dead and now I can't be dead. So I'm going to stop every other ghost from doing the same thing to someone else. So he just goes around and kills ghosts. That's what he does. Like and I think purposefully he, kills ghosts. And he, he like he like spikes them on a chain, right? And he's got like a trail yeah. of dead ghosts. Yeah, he's like the horror. He's like the boogeyman. Yeah. I would love so like talking about Destiny like extended IPs. I would love to see a Cyril IP. Yeah. Not like where Cyril's the good guy. We're not doing like Cruella, but Cyril. No, no, no. We're we're doing where Cyril's the bad guy, of course. So we've talked about this before, but if I, okay, so if I was in control and was able to make like a Netflix series of Destiny of the Game, I would tell it in vignettes like this, similar to Black Mirror, where they don't really have a whole lot to do with each other story-wise, but they are related because they come from the same universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like they could totally just make a whole episode about the ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Marvel's yeah. what if what they're doing yeah that's a little wild though I don't know if I'm going to like that or not yeah. 
<laughs> but it's like you know des like they can just call the show destiny and it's like this hour-long episode is a, a bite-sized story about cyril and the people yeah. running away from cyril hunting cyril whatever the case may be maybe it's about a ghost trying to hide from cyril and then you have yeah. another episode and it's about the amkara it's about eris it's about any other like iconic characters that we've not yeah. really gotten the light on Definitely. It'd be great. And then like, as the episodes are going on, you say, Oh, Hey, look, air stopped by. She's got a little cameo in this particular story, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, it would just be great because then people would realize, Holy crap. There's a whole lot more to destiny than just shoot aliens. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, but so also in this entry, there's a little uh, tease about Andal being revived. Uh, so, Micah went from Australia and is heading up to Australis. Australis. I just realized it doesn't say Australia. What now? It says, uh, I highlighted it. These last few months, we've enjoyed the, the pleasant absence of Cyril. Now I feel more confident that we've lost him in Australis. You think it's meant to be Australia and they just typoed it? I have no idea. I mean, they have had typos in here before. Yeah. In any case, uh, I thought it was Australia. So heading from Australia, going to the Cosmodrome, you know, it's, you know, the, the path that's being taken somewhere between that path. She finds Andal. One of her ghost pack revives Andal and they send him across the Pacific to the city to meet Tallulah Fairwind. And since he's traveling from that geographic location across the Pacific, it helps support the theory that the city is in uh, South America, specifically in Chile. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was one of the things people thought uh, that the, the last city was in Chile. So uh, someone in, in chat mentioned, uh, Australis just means south. It means southern. The Aurora Australis is a kind of Aurora, a natural light display that. I, okay, so I mean, generally speaking, it's roughly the same uh, location. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not as far as the continent Australia, but the south, the southern part of Asia, heading up to the northern part of Asia. So effectively, so the passing, same. so passing. Okay, because it's the Pacific Ocean. Thank you. By the way. Yeah, so the Pacific, if they if we consider it the Pacific is meaning the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so like <laughs> well, you know, in Destiny, like um none of the continents are shaped like what we see. And none of the none of the like America is not like what we think America looks Have like. Have we ever seen America in the fly flyovers? No, that's what I'm saying. We don't have we don't have an accurate map of what Earth uh. actually looks like. I mean, I don't think it would. I know it will shift, but I don't think it would shift that much. Well, I mean, it's like it's not like our Earth and Destiny's Earth is not exactly the same. I imagine it basically is. Well, like, okay, so if you said China was still in where China is, it might not be exactly where it is. But it's roughly where it is. Yeah, approximately. Because I, I, under, I understand it's like a thousand years in the future from where we are today. I get that. 
China is roughly where China has always been, though. Like, there might be, like, a new a new continent formed where it just kind of shifts apart a bit. And you have, yeah. like, a, a micro sea between the two or something like that. I understand that's a possibility. But generally speaking, I'd imagine everything's roughly the same. I mean, Amanda crossed the Panama Canal. If anything's going to change, it's going to be the Panama Canal. <laughs> the the Panama Canal st- stood for thousands of years. <laughs> I don't think yeah. continents changed. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a back door there somewhere. <laughs> In any case... We move on to the ship, the bandwagon. And so in the, the bandwagon, it's a diary entry from Himura Shinobu before she died. So this is when she was uh, still a human, not a guardian. Uh, she okay. lived in a village called Coyote. Micah Ten and Connor have found three more guardians willing to come to Coyote to protect the village, including Theron Vi, Nadia, and Lee Four. But five guardians aren't enough. At least that's the general uh, thought because you gotta have six yeah you gotta have six right like that's it's not a raid team without six yeah you gotta have oh my six. god that's actually funny that's that, yeah because you know raids are harder with five people like funny how that worked <laughs> out in any case uh, shinobu is like i don't want to die in this town and she thinks about uh connor says that the tunnel i can see from the tall walk is full of fallen so going, trying to escape through the the tunnel, guaranteed death. So she's like, they're saying you you should take a road, an open road. It's safer, but yeah. that's still guaranteed death. Just like you'd get further that way. So it's guaranteed death no matter what you do. Well, you know, and it's the House of Kings. Yeah, and that is uh, revealed later on. Uh, the next entry we have here is the Neoteric Kiat Cloak. Do you know what that means, Neoteric Kiat? I, f- I feel like you would know. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's like a, it's like a, a toboggan sort of. <laughs> a what? It's like a um, a toboggan. Like a, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. It, I don't know. I guess because okay, so we got all that Braytech armor, and it was supposed to be like really cold and frosty, okay. and so everything was like named after really cold stuff. And you know, even the armor looked insulated because they knew that they were going to go somewhere cold. They were building all this experimental armor with the Braytech, uh, and they didn't know why. Remember that? And then we later find out why. Huh. Well, uh, so this is this is a cloak, uh, which let me just read this. Uh, in this cloak, it kind of happens like just before that last entry. Uh, Theron Fi meets up with Nadia and likely Lee Four six days after he was revived. Uh, she Nadia is the first awoken he's ever met, and she agrees that he can stay with the group as long as he wishes. Theron Vi is also an awoken. But it's it's kind of a big deal for him to wake up and no one looks like him and everyone stares at him when he sees them because Awoken are still pretty rare at this time. And uh, basically, she's asking the ghost a bunch of questions like, how long ago did you how long ago did you revive him? And the ghost is like six days and 
Theron's like, how did you know it was so soon? And she's like, he got clean clothes. How long was he dead? And the ghost says, uh, hard to say, approximately a month. You were, and then it like nuzzles up to Theron and it's like, you were disgusting. So the ghost has found this rotting corpse. Like it's still got flesh and, and meat on it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to revive you. You're disgusting. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I, I just want to put, put up on screen. So this image on screen now, this is the, uh, I forgot the name of it already. The Kiat whatever cloak. Yep. Yeah. You can notice the little, I guess, coyote head. I wanted to say fox head, but I guess it's a coyote head here. And this is the Legends of Six Coyote cloak that we found in that we'd gotten in D1. And this is a favorite cloak of many people as well. Yeah, it was one of my favorite cloaks. That one in um, Trinary. Trinary Star. Yeah. And just so, like the way that oh, and I love Cosmic Joke. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. So this is this is clearly uh, similar, but more torn up. I guess they adopted that symbol as as their own. Well, like the the coyotes, the legend of the six coyotes came to mean like a band of guardians that was because it's a band of coyotes. Coyotes, yeah, in a group are called a band, and that's why the ship was called Bandwagon, and nobody yeah. wanted to call it Bandwagon because they thought that was cheesy. But then, uh, so like the the symbol for the coyotes, which were like the first, it was like the first story of what guardians do out in the wild, right? Mm-hmm. That we learned in D one is like, hey, um, guardians are protectors of those trying to make it to the city. And the funny thing about the the city of Coyote, which is why they're called, you know, the six, the six coyotes, because they formed a band in the city of Coyote, la la la. Coyote is um, a word they use for uh, like people smugglers, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of so, what Micah did. You know, she yeah. finds Andal Brass and she's like, "Go to the city." Yeah, exactly. So, Except like, not we're illegal help smuggling. You, we're gonna help you get to the city, basically. Yeah. Like, you know. It, meanwhile, the Titans. <laughs> meanwhile, the Titans are like, "We're the Pilgrim Guard. We guard the people coming to the city." And the hunters like, "No, we're smugglers. We we go and get yeah, people yeah. and sneak them into the city." <laughs> Which is funny because if you think about like where was the separation for guardians when they started making their their class like because we knew you know from early lore that that I mean they, I guess they were all kind of like not really anything they were just guardians or light bearers right yeah that's and then, that's still a question yeah so how does that how does that separation come to be it's like okay well you like reading books okay i guess you're a warlock you well, know i mean <laughs> i would imagine there is one of two possibilities i'm not sure which one i prefer uh one is that the way that you harness light specifically the ways that you are capable or maybe talented in is what defined your class and so you had your warlocks your titans your hunters and the uh, the other possibility is any hunter can learn any titan technique and any warlock can learn any hunter technique and any titan can learn any warlock technique and you know etc uh it's just that they prefer themselves they themselves prefer there's no like uh, rule yeah there's no like preset yeah 
I don't know a good word for it. See, that's what I was always hung up on. Like what determined you like, okay, so did something happen in your past? that <laughs> was like, okay, you can't unlock these abilities. Cause you know, you don't have and I mean, that. maybe, maybe, maybe it is exactly that. Maybe, maybe hunters cannot learn. Cause it would be interesting to see someone who is a hunter. And then it's like, they do a thunder crash where it's like, but that's not what a hunter would do. Is it right. just a philosophical claim or is there a, a natural ability to it as well? I think I prefer the natural ability route personally. I did, uh, me too. Like I would think it would be cooler if there was some sort of like rule that you just couldn't, you weren't in control of that just kind of came about and you said, Oh crap, I guess I am a hunter now. You know? Yeah. And uh, with with that in mind, I kind of hate that all warlocks, titans, and hunters wear their own exclusive set of things. Yeah, <laughs> like I'd much rather have like a game where it's like I'm a hunter, but I really like that robe. <laughs> <laughs> like there are some, there are some nice looking robes, and it's like I want a cloak, yeah. I want a robe, I want you know. But it's like yeah. you can't have a, a cloak and a mark or a cloak and a bond but you can have a cloak and a robe or you can have a good looking helmet without a fucking cloak. And you know, you can just have a bond because you don't want anything trailing behind you or you want the scarf or something, you know, and all the Hunter helmets are like designed to be covered out, to be covered in the back. And because of that, they don't look good without a cloak over them. Right. Some of them, some of them look fine. I'm gonna look pretty cool without a cloak. I was always a cloakless hunter um, as soon as I was able to be, but because of necessity and game, I often just wore the cloaks that I liked the most. Mm -hmm. But when I when I was able to get like the the SRL cloak, (laughs) I just threw it on because I didn't want a cloak. I I I just wanted to run around without having to have a dang cape all the time. Sometimes I just want a hood, you know. Sometimes I'm just like I don't want a cloak sometimes i do want a cloak a lot of the times in destiny 2 no offense to the people making cloaks in destiny 2 they are all in their own way awesome but sometimes i don't want what they are offering or there's like it's 90 percent awesome but all i can focus on is that 10 percent. and i'm like "Mm." yeah i love the vault of glass cloak but i don't want to wear it because it's so damn long (laughs) i prefer my cloaks to be long i don't like the little Little fucking uh, Captain Underpants doesn't even touch your ass cloaks. Yeah, <laughs> I like the half cloaks from the from the early factions in Destiny One. Those are kind of cool. Hate those. Is it? Yeah, everybody yeah. has a preference. I like the uh, what was it? The ghost, uh, ghost, uh, phantom ghost. What I don't remember the name. Phantom. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, I know the 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 one that used to be uh the thin red line or whatever. Yeah. The prodigal sunset phantom fan Oh, or do you mean the phantom yeah. moon? Phantom that, moon. That, with the yeah. with like the teal yeah. and the big red circles. That, no, that's no, 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 not that one. No, no, the prodigal sun. Okay, which, you do mean the prodigal sun one. Yeah, yeah. Which guys out there uh listening prodigal sun uh definitely the crow story of the crow we learned about it way before it ever happened yeah what was that that i'm gonna look it up after i don't want to i don't want to be uh talking about this. We're killing the show we're killing the show here <laughs> so we have five coyotes we have micah we have connor 
They're all hunters, by the way. We have Nadia, we have Theron Vi, and we have Lee Four. That's five. They need six. So here is the sixth coyote. And it's uh, Himura Shinobu while she's still alive, and there's still no sixth coyote. That's what yep. that's what the entire entry is. But basically, uh, the five guardians arrived at Coyote. The still human Shinobu shows them to the tall walk and is amazed to meet two Awoken for the first time. They confirm the House of Kings are nearby in that tunnel that she uh, saw. And they're basically getting ready to come and destroy the town. Right. And so it's like it's basically like a, a last standish story. Like yeah. uh, we know we're all gonna die. Yeah, and that's that's something that uh, Shinobu Shinobu uh, really felt. Uh, yeah. She felt that she was trapped in that city, and there was no escape for her, which really shows in uh, the next entry, which is Shinobu's vow, uh, where it's another journal entry, except this time it's from Shinobu the Guardian. And so right. it, it reads, I don't know how to write this. I died. Well, Shinobu died. This is hard. But she, I, she must have kept this journal for a reason. So here it goes. One of the hunters, Nadia, told me most guardians were dead for centuries before their ghost finds them. When all traces of their first lives are long gone. Nadia is a name she chose for herself. Shinobu isn't your name anymore, Nadia said. It could be, I said. Then Nadia said, Shinobu and I were going to skip town. She told me I, Shinobu, had realized there was no stopping the fallen, that her village, Coyote, was doomed. She wanted to leave this place, and she didn't want to die here. So much for that. Which is kind of <laughs> sad. <laughs> I love the humor, though. <laughs> yeah. But so that much answers, for that. That answers a big question that people have had. And yeah. um, do ghosts exclusively revive people who are long time dead? No, they could be a month yeah. dead. They could be a day dead. They they could be centuries dead. It's all about having enough DNA to actually get a grasp on them. Kind of like Jurassic Park, you know? Uh, yes. You get enough of the DNA and then you can make your you make your guardian from it. But it doesn't necessarily mean the longer dead you are, the harder I'd imagine it would be to get enough DNA to to create your guardian. Yeah, because there's that there's that, that lore on Mars where uh the ghost is scanning and mm -hmm. says there's not even enough of the bone left to yeah. make a guardian, basically. And maybe that's why uh uh pulled pork now glint was scanning rebar <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well maybe there's some blood that's enough yeah, right maybe maybe yeah so it... <laughs> some dried blood on this rebar because my idiot soon to be guardian impaled themselves on it right but it's funny because okay so shinobu um like how many of uh Going back to the exos, right? Okay. Okay, so we have Micah 10, exo. Mm -hmm. um, Lee 4. Yeah, Lee 4, exo. Mm -hmm. um, Theron, Vi, and Nadia, awoken. Yeah. And then Shinobu. And Connor. Uh, Shinobu, human. Connor, unknown. But yeah. I mean, they sound human. <laughs> I can't imagine a, an, a, even, even an awoken guardian being like, I'm going to be called Connor. Yeah. 
I guess if you had to like say, okay, you know, there's six of them, right? And you had to group them up in dumb pairs of Awoken, Human, and Exo. <laughs> so you think it's but, two, two, two? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And if if it is two, 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 it's one human or male human, female human, male exo, female exo, male awoken, female awoken as well. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I hope we see more of the six coyotes. Like, I hope we learn that they're not dead and they're still like a well, thing. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you've been taking note, but in the game recently, with all the seasons, like the last two, three seasons, they've been teasing us with uh, coyote iconography. Have so they? Yeah, it's on sparrows. It's on ghosts. It's on um, ships. There are tons of items that have the Cody mark. I think I remember one of the ships. I think we actually had a conversation about the ship. Well, see, that was that was funny because that one of them, I thought I was like, wait a minute. Is this the coyote or is this Anna? Because I got him confused briefly. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, well, that's an Anna symbol. No, that's a coyote. That's not a that's not, you know, Anna's wolf symbol. Yeah. But yeah. um, So it made it even weirder because some of the sparrows that have the the um, coyote face on them also have what I like to call the Ling Ling, which is uh, the little <laughs> the little dragon dog with the tongue sticking out and the like traveler ball in front of it. Yeah, but it's it's the uh, it's the mark of the archivist emblem mm-hmm. from D1. Mm-hmm. And so like the archivist, if you think about what is an archivist, they're typing, trying to figure out and categorize or catalog where all this stuff comes from. Anyway, um, the mark of the archivist, Ling Ling, shows up on ships and sparrows also with the coyote symbol. So it's kind of like, where are they going with this? Mm-hmm. I would love... And I feel like it would be difficult for them to get six voice actors. But if we can have one representative, I would love to see Micah 10 come to the tower and say like, and have like her entourage behind her and, mm-hmm. and be the one who talks, but like everyone's there type of deal. Um, yeah, that would be cool. Kind of be like quest giver for a season. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. Huh. And that brings us to our last entry which is Chattering Bone, and it all comes full circle to the Amkara. <laughs> so during the, during the Great Hunt, an Amkara takes the form of Shinobu's mother, fulfilling her wish to know about her family from the past, and uh, Nadia kills it. Yeah. Good old Nadia. Yeah, I mean, it's... She was the one that <laughs> protested... Where the, she, was per, she was the one that already was already kind of like... Why are we going to call ourselves the? Oh, I'm not calling this ship the bandwagon. Wasn't she yeah. the one that was mad about that? Yeah, and then she didn't so like, like the bandwagon. Yeah, so that kind of puts her out as an. She's the skeptic of the group. Oh, uh-huh. she's the like. Um, I don't want to do that. Kind she's of the curmudgeon. She's the curmudgeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the serpent plucked at the dainty cup from a white saucer and set it to her lips before continuing. Your brother called you stink bug for years until, you know, which kind of sounds like 
Uh, mm. Shinobu's brother might have died as well, but Weird. Shinobu revived, and Shinobu and her brother did not. And so, like, the Amkar is like really trying to like fucking hurt her there. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Nadia reached over, took the hand of the other the other hunter's hand in her own. It would lie because it's fulfilling your wish. You know, like Nadia is not being tricked whatsoever, and like Shinobu's like crying. She's like really unable to like tear tear away from this this moment with a with a fake mother yeah because it's like you know it's like ptsd man it just triggers something inside you deep down that just is like debilitating (laughs) i wonder if uh the amkara was was trying to, to to uh goad her into wishing her brother alive Ooh. You know, like could that yeah. could that be a thing? Like, would that be Pet Cemetery in Destiny? <laughs> yeah, it definitely would. Like, then he yeah, came uh, then he was the ghost hunter. And then he became Cyril. <laughs> that would yeah. that would be amazing. I mean, obviously this happens so far after Wait, yeah, Cyril's yeah, yeah. already existed. Yeah. But that would be awesome if it was like your brother your brother will be revived through this corrupt ghost and it becomes a, a dark guardian that like hates other guardians, some shit like that. That'd be fucking awesome. Well, we also got the, um, we also got the story of, uh, the tall tale with Andal Brask and the ship that kind yeah, of but mentioned... that, that, that just like kind of name drops. It doesn't really yeah. have any pertinent information. Yeah. But why, why name drop, you know, just to show that, Hey, this is there interconnected story i mean micah micah uh found him with her with her ghost pack right so that's that's why it would be name dropped Mm. but yeah so that's gonna uh it it talks about the pacific ocean too like what you were talking about earlier yeah we talked about that yeah it's just like they're trying to like back back right a few things into into the story mm-hmm. so it so i don't know i mean if you think shinobu okay so shinobu learned about herself like i know we we're talking about micah but if you think about shinobu she learned about herself um when she was a guardian right similar yeah, to the way she, when she was when she was revived she had her journal so it was like yeah. very like in her face Almost like Anna's experience. Remember when Anna kind of learned about herself? So she's like, well, I'm Anna Bray. This is who Mm -hmm. I am. But everything she knows about herself was everything that she learned from, you know, doing her hunter stuff and figuring out everything about herself. And so kind of Shinobu kind of did the same thing. Like, who was I? What what was I doing? And and then she just kind of became, or like she became the idea of who she was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I like, uh, but it's funny that she can have those deep feelings about certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I did want to touch on before we go, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the fourth installment of, uh, I have them over there, I don't want to reach for them, the fourth installment of the Destiny Grimoire Anthology uh, this one is called The Royal Will, is now currently pre-orderable on the Bungie store. 
Uh, so I'm going to put that on screen here. Uh, this is this is the book. It's a nice purple. It's just like the other ones, volume four. And they give you a page out of uh, what it's going to cover. It's going to be about Mara Sav and the Awoken. Yeah. And you can kind of see that scene where Mara and Aldrin were outside of the ship during the collapse. And I think that's really yeah. awesome to have that in artwork here. And uh, it is pre-orderable now on the bungiestore.com. And so the uh, Destiny Grimoire Anthology Volume 4, The Royal Will, unravels the making and methods of two of Destiny's Destiny 2's most powerful monarchs, Marasov, the Queen of the Awoken, and Oryx, the Taken King, which we've already kind of had with Dark Mirror, so it sounds like we're going to get some new information on Oryx, either between now and the book release, or in the book itself. And uh, through a curated selection of lore surrounding their legends, these pages explore beyond the stories, storied rise to power and ill-fated confrontation among the rings of Saturn to reveal a deeper understanding of the mysterious Awoken and examine the very essence of light and dark. So if mm. you are to pre-order this now, it is expected to ship in quarter four of this year, which is very soon. That's like probably the quickest uh, one of these anthologies has ever actually gone from pre-order to ship. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. So that's, that's exciting. Oh, and now I, I just noticed it behind me. Now I'll have uh, a black, a red and a black, a red and a purple umbrella Academy and a black, a red and a purple grimoire anthology, but then I'm going to have a, <laughs> a pink umbrella Academy. So they better, they better release a pink uh grimoire anthology <laughs> destiny book yeah that's funny Somebody's it could be about sabathun or eris yeah. eris's favorite color is pink yeah i'm really excited for this because i mean with every and and more so as they went on they include special uh little snippets yeah and so hopefully there's something in there sneaky and not only that, but on the last one that was uh, the digital one, if you bought the lore book digitally, I'll see if I if I have it anywhere, if I can find it. Uh, I can't find it. But basically, if you had it, if you found it digitally, bought it digitally, uh, Dark Mirror, you were actually also given an exclusive lore entry called New Verse, which was supposed to continue the Book of Sorrow, the Books of Sorrow. And it was a verse written by Savathun basically infiltrating the city which we saw a lot of this season with things uh we had happen in uh yeah. i forgot i think it was stochastic variable i forgot what entry it was i might not be i might not i Wasn't it might the... be that i'm not supposed to talk about it actually now that i'm thinking about it in any case uh <laughs> so we had our first kind of like hint that savathun was actually uh actually infiltrating the city and so yeah. they love to put hints out there like before the con the great content reveal the next seasons and stuff like that so yeah it was it this... was uh it was really interesting and so i think someone might have tried to post a link thank you if you're trying to post a link i'll post it though would that mean uh, that this would, so if you're uh... if you're in chat now you can just click this link if you want to get it but uh i will say bungie stores shipping costs are pretty high it yeah. will 
it always has gone on Amazon and the shipping, it'll be here. It'll be there quick. You just won't get it as soon as someone who bought it from the Bungie store, but it'll be cheaper. So do right. what you got to do. You know, if you got to buy it, I actually had to buy two copies of uh, the third book because my Bungie store one got lost in the mail. So then I bought one on Amazon and then that took like three weeks to ship as well. And then I got my Amazon one. And then a week after that, I got my Bungie one and I'm like, all right, I got an extra, whatever. I like that. They included that nice picture of Cade in that one. That was nice. Yeah. Just loose, yeah. loose in there for you. I framed mine. I have mine nice. in a safe place because I don't have space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am filled. Ikea, man. Ikea. and go get you I, a whole I have an Ikea thing stuff. right here, and then I have this, and I yeah. have no room over there. Over there, I have my, my coffee chair and my coffee station. That's where I sit down when I'm drinking coffee sometimes, and that's where I make my coffee. Boom. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I, so does that mean that we most likely will get some sort of a uh, tease <laughs> for what is it? Uh, Witch Queen. It very well could have a Witch Queen tease based on its shipping, uh, shipping schedule because Witch Queen is is Q one of twenty twenty two, isn't it? Uh huh. So I mean, you know, that's all the, that I would ex- I wouldn't expect Witch Queen until like February. And if this ships, even if it ships in December, that's still a two month lead. Nice. We'll be looking at it, tearing it apart now that we know that they have the potential for sneaky teasers. Oh, yeah. I'm always like, if I do not, I, it's kind of selfish, but I'm like, if I don't get mine first, I'm a little bit mad because that means <laughs> someone else knows more than I know at the current moment. And that bugs uh, the shit out of me. Uh, it's very it's immature. Like, I am aware. That's part of your, that's part of your character. It's what drives you forward. Yeah. It's, it's a ravenous craving of, of, of the knowledge, you know, like I, I, I really do, and not to just like hype myself up, but I really do try really hard to have as as strong an understanding of everything as possible. Yeah, no, I get that. It's a hunger. It's ayat. Yeah, it's the hunger for knowledge, and and in that is ayat. Oh shit. I was just going to say our next episode is going to be on the 25th, but I'm not sure if I can do the 25th. It might have to be on the uh, August 1st. Yeah. I mean, that might might be fine. Yeah. uh, uh, We will post on. uh, So this is going to be it for the show. If you want to find out more of us, you can go on to loose cannon show or at loose cannon show on Twitter. And that's where we will post more information uh, about our next episode, what we'll be talking about, when it will be. Normally, it would be on uh, July 25th, but I'm not sure if I can do July 25th, so it might be on August 1st. And uh, uh, really quick, uh, there there haven't been many Witch Queen teases. Not not necessarily like. I mean, I know not we're going to we get know more about. information. Yeah, not, I mean, not like, that we like know about. Yeah, like I mean, like just like some obscure thing that's like, oh, that's cool, and then like six months into Witch Queen, we're like, oh, that's what it meant. Uh-huh. Like that's what I want. <laughs> like that thing yeah. that we just can't even put together yet. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and I want a bunch of them. Uh, so 
we will see everyone next time. If you came late or if, uh, uh, if you just want to listen to it again, it's going to be uploaded right away. I'm going to do that right now. I have some uh, time to get that done really quick. Yeah. And if you want to tag us on Twitter, you know, at loose cannon show. So like, if you want to go and find every picture of a coyote in destiny the game <laughs> and add us when you see it, definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, we will. I, I will uh, try to keep an eye on that and I will retweet every single one that I see. <laughs> we'll be like, why are there so many pictures of coyotes in destiny? <laughs> yeah. Or Ling Ling. I mean, Ling Ling, you know, definitely find Ling Ling. Cause I know do you call it only Ling Ling? like, is there a reason? Yes. In, um, in bungee isms, uh, Ling Ling's head was a, a dog's head that they kept in a pickle jar filled with formaldehyde and they lost it, uh, somewhere in one of their studios and no one could find Ling Ling's head. So it was written into, uh, the seven steps for world domination by Bungie. And one of them was find Ling Ling's head. So for years they've dropped little, uh, Ling Ling's head in all of their games, like a little symbol of a dog's head or. Yeah. That's fucked up, man. I regret I <laughs> asking that. Even the, uh, concept artists have gotten in on it too, because sometimes they'll draw a ship or a, a futuristic, you know, spaceship or something. And then there'll be a little Ling Ling head on the side. Yeah, I regret asking that question. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. I'm sorry about that. We'll see you <laughs> next time. Bye. Bye.